Hi, and welcome back to the show, friends. This is Kristen. Today, I am so excited to welcome such a beautiful soul onto the show. We are going to talk about how can you be open to possibilities in your life. We're going to talk about how can you step into building your dreams and how can you confidently share your message in the world. It's so good. It's so electric. I can't wait to share it with you. And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Dr. Ozzy Jankovic. I am so excited to have a conversation with her today. She is a purpose-based business guide, a speaker, author, and the podcast host of Inspired by Purpose. And we have so much in common, so many things that we work to help women with and uh, business owners. And we are going to step into talking about how do you start and step into your purpose? How do you really build a life you love? So I just want to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Ozzy. Kristen, thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. Absolutely. Can you start off with just telling us a little bit about you know your backstory and what you are up to now? Yeah, absolutely. So I will start with today and where I'm at. I am. I'm 42 years old and I'm a mom of four children between the ages of six and 19. And I'm married. I live in central Israel. I'm originally from San Diego, California. And in 2015, left Southern California for Israel to pursue my dream of living here. So that's a big part of my story. And I was formally educated in the field of education. So I have a BA in sociology and then three degrees in education. And I always thought that I would work in the field of education. I I grew up like many young girls thinking I would be a teacher. And I thought perhaps I'd be a school administrator, but I would work in an organization or a private school and be an educator. But what happened was I moved to Israel and I really fulfilled this dream of mine to do so. And when I got here, I realized that the culture was so different that it wasn't really a match for me to stay in the field here. And it was a really difficult realization because I had invested so much time and energy and money in a formal education. And you know, it really hit me. It really, it really sidelined me. And it took me some time to get my bearings again. And I gave myself, you know, I knew I'm a very spiritual person and I know that everything happens for a reason. So I gave myself a sabbatical and I decided, you know what? I'm going to figure out what my passions are. I'm going to lean into what would I do if I didn't have to work? I'm going to spend some time there. And little by little, I inched my way into the world of business and entrepreneurship. And 
it helped me this, this, you know, this sort of breakdown, um, or paradigm shift that happened in 2015, fulfilling one dream led me slowly, slowly to open up new doors and discover new dreams that I didn't even know were possible. It's so good. Yeah. I think one of the first things that stuck out to me there, you know, one of the keys is we have to be open to possibilities, right? If we can't see possibilities, then we already are stuck, right? Because there's possibilities all the time. Like, oh, I could go here for dinner. I could go here. I don't have to go to the same place every time. But it's true with all of our life. That's how expansion happens, right? Is by being opened to possibilities and to be open to growing and learning and discovering more, right? About ourselves, about the world, about God, business, whatever it might be. Even if we don't know, we can learn. I love the fact that you just said open to possibility because that's literally one of the principles that I've been teaching in my mastermind for three years now. And it's this mantra where if you welcome this idea of being open to possibilities, suddenly you realize that every single thing that happens to you throughout the day, even if it's something that you initially are confronted with or unclear about, or even something that you don't really want to be happening, that you think should go a different way. But if you entertain the idea that it could be an opportunity, then the fun begins. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about being open to possibility with one of my mastermind members a few years back. She had set this goal for herself that at the end of the six-month program, she was going to have a new book out. And she was so convinced that she was going to have the book out. So I did some work with her and I asked her about purpose because ultimately that is what lights us up. That's what's going to motivate us, and that's going to drive a business or any venture forward. So when I asked her about purpose, she got really clear about the fact that she wanted to impact as many people possible with her work. So I asked her, I said, Hannah, let's just keep this in mind. Let's keep this in mind. Let's be open to possibility. And perhaps there could be another way, right? Especially if you're feeling a little stuck with a book or unsure, maybe something else could come up. Now, I didn't tell her to stop writing the book. I really believe that certain things take time, they take patience, they take work. It wasn't about giving up. But something interesting happened a few weeks later for her that she got a call from someone in Australia. And initially, she got a call from a woman in Australia asking her about an upcoming conference and would she be interested in speaking. And she, her former self would have basically said, no, thank you. I'm writing a book and hung up the phone. But (laughs) because she had done the work of clarifying her purpose and being open to possibility, she got some information about the conference. She was a perfect fit and it was a perfect fit for her because this was how she could impact as many people as possible. Now, she has gone on to write the book, but at the time, that was her big win at the end of the six months, and she was so thrilled about it. Oh my gosh, so good. And actually, I talk about that. We probably talk very similar about most things, but I talk about open to possibilities all the time because I agree. I think 
that really is a sticking point for people because when we're not open, right, when we don't have that growth mindset, we literally aren't seeing it. And I think a lot of times, whether it's we're trying to uh, build something, right, a business or step into, you know, can I have a side hustle or whatever it is, or maybe you just need more flexibility, right? That's why you're looking at doing something. I think a lot of times we think there's a certain order, like that the horse comes before the cart. But I think the problem is, is the book might be on your heart and it might be the timing might be now, but it may be that she needed those other experiences in order to finish the book and get the inspiration to finish. And so that's where I think we get stuck on how we think we need to deliver something, right? Content or finishing, uh, or it's the right product. I've interviewed so many people. One woman I just interviewed on Tuesday, she's done several things. She's an entrepreneur, but she had a subscription box company for three years. She was so burned out from it. She had to stop doing it. And now she has this uh, new business that she started, you know, maybe a year after that. But the point was, she's still having similar impact who she wanted to reach. She's trying to help moms with burnout and this other stuff, but now she does it in a different way. So sometimes I think we need to be less um, stuck on how. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, that's exactly it. And I, I think there's a really fantastic example that illustrates this so perfectly, which is in the early part of the 1900s, the biggest industry, the biggest business in the United States was the railroad industry. And they were so focused on having the fastest trains and the best tracks and, and all of the details that went into trains and railroads. Meanwhile, they were so focused on looking down at the railroads that they forgot to look up and think about what was happening above them. Mm-hmm. Now, had they been focused on what is the fastest way to help people to get from point A to point B? How can I help people travel, travel more efficiently, see the people they love, do business more effectively? They could have come up with new ideas for transportation. But instead, their business went under and the airline industry was born. So that's the perfect example of purpose. If they had been focused, again, on not the how, but the purpose, they could have, they'd still be in business. Absolutely. And there's so many stories of of companies that did not succeed, you know, even up till today, that yes. their competitors succeeded because they were able to pivot. And to your point, it's purpose, or sometimes we call it your why. But in other words, if their vision and their vision, right, your why and your vision. But if you said, if that company had said, we are a transportation company, yada, 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 instead of saying we are a train company, right? In other words, sometimes we get, we do, we get too stuck with our blinders on instead of realizing truly the vision and the why. And the vision, and the why is normally not so specific, right? I mean, it, about a train versus transportation, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really true. I mean, I'm curious to hear, you know, how that, how that applies in your work. I, I know that when I started reading about these things and learning about these things, I initially saw myself, I, I fell into entrepreneurship because as I was in that sabbatical, I started hosting online meditation groups and then I wrote a book and then I started a podcast and I started having a lot of people coming to me with questions. How did you do this? And how are you marketing? And how do you do the graphics? And how do you all these things? So I started giving people advice and coaching. And I started, I became a little married to this idea of like, I'm a coach and this is what I do. 
But then when I stepped back, I realized that my mission is to inspire and guide as many people as possible to actualize their purpose and their big visions. And there are so many ways that I can do that. So I could open a company that does masterminds and does the coaching, or I could start a marketing agency. I mean, there's so many directions. Once you have that purpose clear, it opens up worlds. Oh, it absolutely does. And yeah, I think we also need to remember that we don't want to get stuck in identity or roles, even if it's what you've done before, what you're doing now, because we're going to iterate, we're going to change. And in different seasons, we likely aren't going to do what we did five years ago or 10 years, or it's going to look different, right? Like for instance, 10 years ago, podcasting wasn't as pop. I mean, it was just kind of starting, right? I forget what year, but the point is that wasn't even an option, you know? And so now it is, but it's going to be something else, right? And so other words, we needed to be less married, like you said, with the how and be more open to the impact we want to have. Yeah. I think it's so true. We need to adapt and we need to stay current. You know, I, I can look back so many times at different business programs that I took or seminars that I went to where the presenter was so sure and so clear that, you know, we needed a website that was like X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and we needed it to be built on WordPress or we needed it to be built on whatever it was. And last week I was sharing with my kids that I'm launching this brand new business and I'm thinking about making a website, just something to hold the place so people can contact me through the website and get some basic info on what we do. So my 18-year-old daughter looks at me and she says, well, just have AI make it for you. And I I look back at her, are you joking? Like, what do you mean AI? She said, Google it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I found this really awesome website. And 30 minutes later, I had my own website. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's so worth staying clear on purpose and also staying open to open to what's happening and, and, you know, open to learning and, you know, current really. Absolutely. So let me ask you both. We both talk about the importance of creativity, you know, and making, or or just living. It's important for living, but also obviously if you're trying to start something, you're building something. So I'm curious your take on what is it about creativity that helps us? And then also one of the things I know that you talk to people with or talk with people about is actualizing our visions and why it's why I'm curious about it is when people are considering stepping out on their own in some way, a lot of times, right, fear or the the bad what ifs, like what if it doesn't work or what if people don't think I could do this, like, or I'm embarrassed to say I want to do this other thing. So how do you help them actualize their visions when often they're not, they're still hesitating? It's such a an important question. And I think this is what it all boils down to, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have time and we have money and we have a vision. We have a dream. And how do I get from point A to point B with the current resources that I have? And what I want to say very, very clearly is that no matter what you have, no matter what education you have or don't have, no matter how much money you have or don't have, the pedigree, the resume, the this, the that, anything and everything is possible. And 
we do need to get clear on our purpose as much as possible. Listen, it'll evolve also. Mm-hmm. We're evolving. And I think that there's a strategy, a model that can really, really help any entrepreneur starting off in a way that they can do this and still feel safe and know that they're building something sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know we're going to touch on that a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I think, I think a point I want to make that we've already been talking about this, but the whole idea of seeing possibilities and the idea of being opened to different ideas or being open to try things, I think I, I I really want to hit home that it's so important. And I, I just finished a book recently by a pastor that's uh, from D.C., Washington, D.C. in the United States, Mark Batterson. But one part of his book he's talking about, sorry, the book's called Please, Sorry, Thanks. So it's about, you know, basically, right, words create worlds. It's that whole concept and that words have power. But in this one part of the book, he's talking about research that's been done where, you know, there's a scale in mental health between flourishing and depression. Okay. And in the middle is languish. But if you think about this, flourishing is like the tree growing. It's always growing, right? If it's not growing, then it's likely dying. We're the same as that. If we're not flourishing, we're languishing, meaning we're not doing well, we're not thriving. And if we're not languishing and we're depressed, we're not growing, right? We're actually probably not dying, but you know what I mean? We're, we're withering. We're in need of things. And so I just want to remind people it's so important to flourish, to grow, to thrive. And we can't do that from a place of fear or worry or not being opened to trying things and experimenting and exploring. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. And I think what's so important is to do this in a way that feels safe. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have this idea about business that in order to start a business, you have to invest a lot of money or a lot of time. And I am here today to share a story with you about how that's not true. Okay. It's a very, very simple story and perhaps you'll hear it and perhaps you've been through something similar, but you just didn't know what to call it. And last week I was having a conversation with my daughter who's graduating from high school and she was telling me that she's taking a trip to Europe for graduation. So she booked her ticket on her own, and now she's trying to earn money for her spending while she's away. And so she told me that she was planning on doing some babysitting. Now, here in Israel, if you babysit, you make around $15, $18 an hour. And I had this light bulb moment where I thought to myself, hmm, you could babysit, or you also know how to organize, and you also know how to take photographs. So what if we share on Facebook in a local group that you've organized our home and now you're feeling inspired to help some other people organize their homes? And within a few days, she had a business. Mm -hmm. Is it going to grow? Is it going to change? Can she change her mind? Certainly. But the seed has been planted. So if she wants to go from that to Marie Kondo, what are the steps? And I call those steps the flexible startup and growth model. What does that mean? It means that you're starting out doing the minimum amount 
in order to get feedback about what you're offering, what you're selling. So instead of starting an organization line and building a big shiny website and doing all the things that you would need to have a global organization business, you can just organize somebody's closet and feel out how that process was for you and get the feedback from your client. How did they feel about it? Do they want you to come back and do another closet? Are they interested in other organizing services? Maybe in the process you discover that not only do you like organizing, but you're really great at folding and she needs that too. I mean, listen, when we're open to possibility, when we're open to feedback, there's no limit Mm -hmm. to the way that we can grow. And I think what's going to help people feel really comfortable is the knowledge that this is all very incremental. Yes. You're building the systems as you go. So as she goes out and does a job, she'll take inventory about, okay, how much time did I put into that Facebook post and following up with the people and planning and and visiting the home and driving to the home? And she'll take an inventory of her time and the process she went through. And she'll figure out, okay, what is my offer? Is my $100 package going to make sense for me financially? Mm -hmm. Or should I tweak it? And and it's literally like that, step mm-hmm. yeah. by step by step. Yeah. I have so many stories like that as well. One of my uh, friends from long ago, but he lives in the area still, he had a landscaping company for a long time, but he was worn out from that. But he also had a passion for cooking, for food. And he ended up opening a food truck. But that's not the part about the starting. He, one holiday before the holidays, he just put same thing, put a post on Facebook and said, Hey, I'm going to be making X, Y, and Z cakes and whatever wrapped lovely. They're perfect corporate gifts. Or if you want them for a party, this is how much they cost. Let me know if you're interested in how many. Well, he sold a ton of them, but right. That was an easy testing ground for him to start having to make orders and kind of dabble in. Do I want to actually start charging money for one of my hobbies, right? Which for him was cooking. So he ended up uh, opening a food truck and successfully running it for several years. Um, But around the pandemic, he ended up shutting it down for that time. But the point is, he just started with the most simple thing is, which is, which is what we're getting at is you don't have to have all the things in a row at all. You just need to test the idea, test the thing you're interested in pursuing. Yeah. Test the idea and then focus on that offer yeah. Get the offer down, get the procedures down, and then you can grow it. You can grow it however you want to grow it. Absolutely. So I know one thing that you help people with is, you know, yes, of course, that beginning. And then how do you from there kind of grow it as needed? But what about, I know one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with, though, is that message and then sharing confidently, you know, the message that we are trying to convey to people. So what might you share with us about that? Oh my goodness, this has become such a passion for me because in order to grow and in order to really actualize those visions, there is a moment where we all realize that messages need to be shared. Yeah. And we need to make that connection. So I'll give you a couple stories that have come up recently for me and that have inspired me and helped me understand what's going on in this area and why is it so hard for so many entrepreneurs to put their messages out there? 
And I'll tell you something, it isn't because they don't have them. That's not it at all because they do. I've spoken to so many entrepreneurs in my masterminds, in the in the coaching consulting work I've done over the last few years, and they are so deep and they are so intelligent and creative and warm and friendly, each one in their own unique combination of ways. Mm-hmm. And knowing them and getting to know them in a group or one-on-one, I see their greatness mm-hmm. and I see so much for them. And yet, the authenticity with which they speak to me and the confidence and the warmth and and the clarity isn't being shared mm-hmm. largely. It's not out there in the world. They have an Instagram and it's matchy-matchy and they write really nice captions and they're so deep and they have so much to give over, but they're not putting their faces and their messages out to the world. They're not sitting on a microphone. They're not looking at a camera and they're not sharing. And I get it because it's hard. And it's the number one fear. This is public speaking. Let's be honest about what this is. This is the number one fear that people have, Mm -hmm. public speaking. So I feel very inspired to help as many people as possible make this doable and help them feel comfortable because their messages are too important not to share. You know, I was sharing with you in our pre-conversation that when I initially hired a social media team, when I started my personal brand in 2019, I was paying good money for a social media management company and they would make gorgeous animated you know, memes for Instagram and write posts that sounded very much like what I would say. And, you know, they'd interview me every week and then they would write the words that I said in a post. And they always used to say to me, Ozzy, send us videos. You need to send us videos. This is what helps our clients grow their accounts the most. Mm -hmm. So I would go and I would pick up my phone and I would kind of this way and that way and talk and 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 play it back to myself and it was like revolting like i couldn't watch myself it was just revolting i couldn't watch myself on camera i never looked right the angle wasn't right and i didn't feel comfortable because it wasn't a real conversation right it wasn't like us sitting here yeah. so recently i had this light bulb moment i was remembering that and i was looking at the clips that my team has been making for the podcast for inspired by purpose and thinking hmm this is interesting. I had this flashback moment to speaking with my dad. My dad's 74. He's had an amazing life, amazing career. And I've asked him several times, like, can you write a book, dad? Or can you, you know, something like just share something with us. And he, he kept saying to me, you know, I'm really better in conversations. And I remember that line and I thought to myself, hmm, what if I went online and I interviewed an entrepreneur and I used all my interviewing skills that I've used for a hundred podcast episodes and I make them feel welcome and warm and I reassure them of all of the greatness that I see in them and I guide them step by step to sound competent because they are and confident because they can be mm-hmm. and warm and relatable and authentic on camera. So long story short, I share this idea with a few people and now quite a few of those people are my paying clients for this new business. 
And uh, I'm testing it out. I'm still getting all the procedures down. And I would call these like my beta clients. But I'm telling you, these interviews, there is so much depth that is not, cannot be shared. Yep. I in totally another get context. It. It's like, totally I'm, it. I'm so on fire about this right now. I, I see why, because honestly, one of my favorite things to do is interview people. And that is not something that everyone is either good at or enjoys, you know? And so that's something for a long time, you know, that I also feel passionate about. And yes, I think a lot of people, yeah, I've even offered friends of mine to do similar just for, to help them, you know, like, oh, you're starting podcasts. Like, let me come on with you. Let's practice this. Let's do this together. Let me, you know, or let's talk so that you can just record the conversation. So I think that's marvelous and fantastic. What would you maybe say is just one tip for people uh, if they're not ready to use uh, like a service like yours, just about sharing their message confidently? Like what is maybe one thing that you can just recommend that people can do so that they feel more comfortable and they're authentic about whatever they're sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So some people might say something to you like, focus on the person you're talking to and focus on the ways that you can help them. I think that's really important. And I also think it's important that you look and feel your best. So you're going to put on an outfit that makes you feel good. And if you're a makeup person, you're going to put on makeup and you know, you're going to, you're going to get dressed however you authentically look and feel good. Mm-hmm. And then you can sit down, I would say, in front of either your phone on a tripod or in front of your computer, and you can change the angle of your computer. You can raise it up um, on a stand or on a stack of books and get really comfortable looking into the camera of your computer. And you could even put a picture of someone who you would like to share this message with next to that camera, and you could you know, have a conversation with them. And then, you know, from there, you're going to want to take those clips and you can edit them and, you know, add captions to them and do all the things so you can share them effectively. But that first process, that first piece of feeling confident, it's about, you know, being in a state where you do feel good and, you know, you feel like yourself on camera and also making the time and the space, giving yourself extra time. If you think you need to make a two minute video, give yourself an hour the first time. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I can tell you because I've been working in video production, I've seen behind the scenes that even very seasoned speakers and leaders, it can take them an hour to get a two-minute soundbite for a commercial. So give yourself grace, give yourself time, and remember that no one is going to be looking at your video and critiquing your makeup or your chin or your nose, they're going to be benefiting from your wisdom and your warmth and what you're sharing with them. So remember that in any way, listen, if somebody is like looking at your nose or your chin, don't matter. Right. You know, it Absolutely. really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I think those are great tips. And the only things I would add to that, just since we were talking about it, is Two things. One, as you have inspired ideas of content or or things you want to say to an audience, capture them, you know, write them down in a note because sometimes I have a great idea for a podcast or a video I want to do, but I'm going to lose that thought. So I write it down if I can't go do it right then. And sometimes I will stop what I'm doing. If I have really a passionate thing I want to talk about, I will 
if I'm able, I will go record it right then because sometimes I lose the fire, right? Like I, I can't get it back later. Yes. So just do it. Even if it, maybe you don't look as perfect as you want, but you're highly lit up about something, get on camera. You don't have to share it if it doesn't work out. The other thing I would say is get your energy really high before you start recording, right? So put on music, do something that gives you enjoyment, I think, because when we show up that way, we're so less worried about, oh, 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 you know, about every detail and we're showing up in this really high energy. So that's- Yeah, I would say like, do something that complements your energy that you love. So for someone, it might be dancing, for someone, it might be meditating or yoga or taking a nice- hot bath or cold shower, you know, whatever it is right. that puts you and make is, is your thing. Yeah. And the other suggestion that I have for anyone who wants to try this is to make a list. So I have a questionnaire that I send to the clients. And one of the main sections of the questionnaire talks about what are the challenges that your ideal client faces? What are the problems that they have? What are the challenges that they have? And what are some of the tips, tricks, tools, ideas, strategies that you can speak about to help them right now in your video? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so good. So let me ask you, what last a bit of just encouragement or tip do you want to share with the audience before you share uh, how people can connect with you online? Well, I'm going to... I'm going to end with something that my podcast guest last week said to me. I was so blessed. I had my hero on my podcast. Her name is Dr. Edith Eva Eager. And I have her if, books. If you ha- okay. Too. Yeah. If you have it, if for anyone who hasn't met her yet, she is a 95 year old woman. She survived the Holocaust as a teen. She was a young Jewish teen in Eastern Europe. She survived the worst death camp. She survived Auschwitz and she barely made it out. And she drew on so much inner resilience and so many inner resources. She went on to build a beautiful life. She became a pioneer in the field of trauma healing. And she's written two best-selling, New York Times best-selling books, The Choice and The Gift. She has new courses and she's someone who changed my life. And In 2019, I heard her on a podcast with Oprah and I had a moment that really, it was like a pivotal moment in my journey. And I said a little prayer that day and I said, okay, God, I'm ready to start a podcast. I'm ready to start sharing my story. And I I pray that one day I will have the opportunity to sit down with this woman Mm -hmm. and thank her for what she's done for me. And, uh, 88 episodes later, I interviewed her. It was last week. And uh, at the end of the interview, I said, Dr. Edie, is there anything else that you want to share today before we wrap up? And she looked at me and she said, don't change. You are wonderful exactly the way that you are. Mm, That's beautiful. And Uh, that's what I want to say to all of you. Yeah, absolutely. That's gorgeous. And she is such a amazing woman, an inspirational woman. And if you haven't read her books or listened to podcasts that she's on, and definitely we should all go check out the one you just recorded with her. That sounds amazing. I'll definitely go, go listen. But she's just one of those women that, I mean, it's like the the well is going, it's everlasting, right? The amount of wealth of knowledge and insight that she has. So 
that's amazing that you got to interview her. How beautiful. But uh, yeah, so don't so, change. You are uh, beautiful. You are loved. Self-care is the best care. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really when we can get back to that, right? That essence, when we can really tap into that for stepping into purpose, that's where the magic's at. You know, it, that's it. That's it. You know, so, so good. So tell us, how can people connect with you online and learn about your books and your podcast and all those things? Sure. So my books and my podcasts are on my main website, which is drazi.co, D-R-A-Z-I.co. And my brand new baby business is customcreatedclips.com. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it might be a placeholder, but you'll get some info about the business. And pretty soon here, we're going to have some videos to show you and uh, you can check us out over there too. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. It was such a beautiful conversation and you are such a beautiful soul doing such Aww. important and good work in the world. So thank you for joining us. It is such a pleasure. And I feel the same way about you. I feel like there's so much synchronicity in our work. And it's really an honor to be here and to meet you. Oh, I loved that conversation with Ozzy. And I have to tell you, after we talked, I pulled out one of my books by Edith Eager, The Gift. And one of the spots that I had bookmarked, I want to share with you because I thought it was so appropriate for this conversation in just the way that myself and Ozzy want to inspire you to step into your dreams and to see life as the gift it is. And here's what she says. I used to ask, why me? But now I ask, why not me? Perhaps I survived so I can choose what to do with what happened and how to be here now so I can show others how to choose life so my parents and all the innocents didn't die in vain so I can turn all the lessons I learned in hell into a gift I offer you now. The opportunity to decide what kind of life you want to have, to discover the untapped potential lying in the shadows, to reveal and to and reclaim who you really are. Honey, may you also choose to give up the prison and do the work to be free to find in your suffering your own life lessons, to choose which legacy the world inherits, to hand down the pain or to pass on the gift. And she says, to celebrate the gift of life is to find the gift in everything that happens, even the parts that are difficult, that we're not sure we can survive, to celebrate life, period, to live with joy, love, and passion. And I hope that you'll find the beauty and the gift in everything in life and I hope that you'll step into more joy and love and passion as you take those first few steps to follow a dream that you have that you haven't realized yet. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.